Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the Wise Guys podcast, episode number 29. We are going to talk about some week three reactions. We're going to do a little bit of a pretender or contenders of the two teams that are left with goose eggs next to their names, 3-0, and the Dolphins and the Eagles. We're going to talk about a new little topic, we're, uh, a segment we're going to bring in, to bring into everybody called Walk the Plank. We'll get into that a little bit later and explain that. And we're going to talk about John's top five NFL teams currently. Me and Justin are going to react to it. We haven't heard the list yet, so it's going to be a little surprising maybe. Maybe John's going to hit us with a little wrenches, but we'll get into that. We're going to bring another topic to you called Among Us. You guys might have heard the popular game. It's basically... The, the title explains itself. We're going to name a team, a player, and we're going to tell you, is this guy an imposter or is he legit? And then we're going to get into a little bit of injuries. Obviously, me and Justin's guy, Mac Jones, suffered a major injury. Reports are still, you know, differing. Reports say may require surgery. Belichick saying day-to-day. We're going to get into that later. So, uh, yeah. John, Justin, how y'all doing today? Given the Steelers are one and two, you know, I've gotten to the point, fellas, especially the more I talk about sports on social media, where it doesn't emotionally affect me. And that is such an amazing feeling. Whereas a kid, it would ruin my Sunday and I would have a crappy Monday. But now I say, okay, well, in part, the Steelers don't have the aspirations they did when I was a kid growing up. But now I'm saying, okay, Steelers don't affect my entire mood or my week. So I'm feeling pretty good, Brad. It's nice that John's feeling pretty good. Right before we started, he was just laughing at me because he found out the kids that I work with say I look like a Dorito because of the shape of my head. So I'm not feeling too high right now. My self-esteem is is in the dumps because of it, but I'm ready to roll. Let's let it, let's roll. Let me... They used to make fun of me for the size of my Adam's apple. I mean, they're just, they're straight, they're bland. And in many ways, that's, that's a good thing in life. Kids are absolutely ruthless. Oh. Say Listen, like, like Shannon Sharp says that I believe his either his grandfather or his grandma used to say all his fun little sayings. There are three three types of people in this world that will tell you the truth. Drunks, angry people, and kids. And it's just the fact of life. All right, but we're going to get into it today. Maybe we can brighten Justin's mood about talking a little football. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to kick it to you, Justin, right away. So give it to me right now. Two teams left undefeated, the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's kick off with the Eagles first. Pretender or contender? I think this one is pretty easy. I think they're clear-cut contenders. Going into the season, I had this team winning the division, but I didn't expect them to be this good. You know, Jalen Hurts, super talented. But we hadn't seen him really throwing the ball to a, a big-time threat. I feel like over the last three weeks, what I've seen out of the Eagles and what I've seen out of Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is a number one. He's a franchise changer. That You put that guy on the field and things are going to happen. But another thing that came up is they don't just have a number one and a number two wide receiver. They have two number ones. Devontae Smith is an absolute animal. And I don't know if you saw what Devontae Adams put out the other day, but he was like, if you misspell my name, you better spell it Devontae the way we spell Devontae Smith's name because he is that man. He is him. And the balls that he was going after against Washington, 
oh my god dude those were he was mossing dudes i think he mossed like three or four guys making those one-on-one plays Devonte smith is legit we already knew aj brown was legit their running game is incredible i would love to see miles sanders get a touchdown more selfishly for my fantasy team but i don't know if that's going to happen because jalen hurts is absolutely balling and not only is he just balling i think right now he might be the front runner for mvp You know, I look at all of these young quarterbacks, and all of them are supremely talented, Justin. I feel like the the expectation now should be, if you don't show us the growth by year two, we have every right to move on. And with Hertz, we saw last year the way he was able to impact the game and really be a force multiplier in the rushing attack. He works his absolute tail off in the offseason. Now he's one of the better passes in the league as well, passers in the league that is doing everything right. And like you said, I have no reservations. I said it before the year started, and I'll say it again. The Eagles can and will win a playoff game. You look at coaching. Nick Sirianni, remember when he had his introductory press conference and he could barely speak? You guys remember? I was watching that the other day, and I was saying, damn, this is really bad. And fortunately for head coaches, your public speaking skills, well, you definitely need to be able to connect with your players and speak to them in the locker room. They really don't matter that much if you're a pretty darn good head coach. Bill Belichick doesn't dazzle people in press conferences. Mike McDaniel does. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how natural a speaker you are. Nick Sirianni has built an offense here that is elite. It starts with the quarterback, but like you, like you said, they have probably a top five group in terms of weapons. The offensive line, the defensive line as well. This team is all coming together. And a year ago, some had this as one of, if not the worst team in football. And I was saying, I don't know about that because they have a lot of talent, a lot of not talent, but they have good players in the trenches, and they made the playoffs. This year, they're taking that next step by beating playoff-caliber teams. And they're starting three now. I had them winning 12 games. So, now just to jump off a little t- uh, thing that John said about Bill not being a good public speaker, he, well, consider yourself work, John, because Bill could actually speak in public very well. He chooses not to in those press conferences. Um, so, for me, you guys are both contenders on this um i think if i'm not mistaken did you guys both pick the eagles to win the nfc east before our, uh the league uh before our, the season started yes okay yeah all right um yeah and i picked the dallas cowboys which is i mean considering everything they're not in bad shape if we're really going to be honest with you you know what i mean like you lose your very fr- much alive you lose your franchise quarterback for a couple of weeks and at first it looks terrible. Like you're not going to get them till week 10, 11. Now it's possibly next week, the week after. So not, not in bad shape. So I'm not off the Cowboys yet. They're pretenders for me, the Eagles pretenders. Okay. And it's because of, um, I like to think about it in this way. I'm very big on level of competition. Who would you play? Let's go through it. Week one, the Detroit lions, they played. We are all very high on DC, Dan Campbell. We like the direction the Lions are going, right? But it's week one. Like I say, it's the biggest toss-up of the year. So that's probably their best win. Then they face Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in prime time, and we all know about Kirk Cousins in prime time. He absolutely fell apart. I don't even need to read you the numbers because you know how bad they are. Then they play the Washington Commanders. 
I've seen tons of videos since the year uh, for the first three weeks of the season on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere on social media, whatever. A bunch of people are putting Carson Wentz as the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah, I know. I don't agree with it, but that's what there's people, some people are saying now. And I was high on Washington, but it's Washington. And you guys, neither of you guys had respect for Washington entering the season. I think you both really still don't. And when I look at the defenses, the Vikings defense, John's not high on it. He's spoken that many a times. The commander's defense, John, I think we talked about it last week where you said the commander's defense is terrible. I'm not buying in. So pretenders, and we'll see how the season progresses. Um, they have a favorable schedule because the whole NFC East has a favorable schedule, but I'm not on it right now. Why are you okay, not? My- I Hit just, it. No, you guys I, not to it's it. the team. The main, I understand what you yeah, just said. No, no, the level of competition. That was my okay. main so my, my thing, My thing on that, on the level of competition, is when you're an elite team, you have to beat up on these teams, on the teams that are really below you. And realistically, you're not supposed to make it look difficult. You're supposed to make it look easy, which over these last two weeks, the Eagles have done. You know, so that's exactly what they're supposed to do. So I get what you mean. The level of competition isn't there. I guess you're saying they haven't truly been battle tested, like maybe when they run into the Cowboys in that defense, and that's a big divisional game. And but like you said, the schedule. Oh, even Jacksonville this week. Well, yeah, Jacksonville this week. So we'll see. But would you really consider if they end up blowing Jacksonville out, would you say that they were battle tested? No, I would I would give you that. Yeah, it's not because we still don't know about Jacksonville yet. And we'll we'll probably get into that later in the show. So they I feel like they're doing the job. And that's beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. No, I now when you get into games against the Colts and the Packers and, and the score starts to trim down a little bit. You start going yes. up against some equal offensive and defensive talent. Then I, I get See, what you I mean, uh, sorry, Justin. Uh, what you just said right there is that you named the Colts and Packers. That's literally probably their hardest games on their entire schedule. At, besides the divisional games, which are always a given for every team. They might not even be battle tested really, like truly until the playoffs. And that's not good. Because when you got to face teams like Tampa, John's not high on L.A., but L.A. is starting to figure it out. Watch them. They're going to streak off a bunch of wins now. I I truly believe that. Um, Green Bay, they do face Green Bay. It's in Philadelphia. That's a little bit of a reprieve. It's a Sunday night game, so that's going to be a big primetime game. We'll get to that because both teams will be probably looking maybe completely different than they are now, and our opinions might change on that. Um, But, yeah, like I said, I'll give you the point. They, they have to go through the teams they have to go through and they got to do it convincingly, which they have. I give you that. I'm just saying let's pump the brakes a little bit because the teams that they have faced, let's wait and see if how they get battle tested. That's what I'm saying. So is it more, you just want to see more out of this Philly team? Yeah. Going, because I'll you also want to see it become a consistent thing. Yes. But also because, you know, my thoughts going into the season on Jalen hurts, I didn't think he was a very consistent throw of the football. I still don't think it we'll see how the season still? it's week three. Again, let me finish my statement. Can he, can he keep it going throughout a 17 game schedule? It's only week three. You know why I have so much faith in this team, Brandon, and maybe you would think it's blind trust. But when you look at the way Josh Allen improved in his second season and to his third, 
Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts is entering that exact company. The kid is one of the toughest workers. In Alabama, he was ultimately a running back. He couldn't throw the football. Goes to Oklahoma, and the four-year census has continued to get better and better and better. When he was drafted, most people didn't view him as a starting quarterback. He's been doubted every step of the way. Right now, it leads the NFL in yards per completion. You can say it's part of having A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. But at the end of the day, he's making high-level reads. He's running the offense efficiently, and he's averaging over 300 passing yards a game against two well-coached teams in the Vikings and the Commanders. That means something. And I think to say before, you had the Commanders making the playoffs. You clearly view them as a good team. You talk about Ron Rivera very highly. You think Carson Wentz is good enough. And hell, he's been pretty darn good this year. And you even like that Commanders defense, even though it's been pretty trash the last two years. At the end of the day, you need to be able to realize talent and the potential when it is right there in front of you. Oftentimes, when you see it and you know it, you have that gut feeling with Jalen Hurts. This is just the start. Quite honestly, I said before we started, they're only going to win 12 games. I'm looking at their schedule. The three toughest games on their slate are Green Bay, November 27th at home, the Colts the week before in Indianapolis, and the Saints, January 1st. The Eagles might finish with the best record in the entire league this season. Last year, all they did was beat up on crappy teams, and this year they've taken two gears up. They're a 9-1 team, now they're like a 13-1 squad. And it's crazy to think that they've done this so quickly, and it truly they is They haven't testament. done it yet. They haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet. No one They're expects them to be here. standing right now, though. No one expects them to make the playoffs last year. And look where they are now. This is just the beginning. Like Justin said, you blow out two well-coached, halfway decent teams. And that speaks volumes to the way this team has improved just in week three. The only thing that can really hold them back is injuries. But Hurts, right oh, now. In a playoff team, John. In a playoff game against the Tampa Bay. What team are you taking? I'm taking the Bucs. I okay, saw what they did to the Cowboys. I mean, people are saying the Cowboys year was done after one week against that Buccaneers That's defense. what I'm saying, though. That's my whole point. That's my whole but point. The Buccaneers are my number one ranked team in the league. But that's, that's what I'm point. saying, though. They're going to have to go through that team, are they not? But if Eventually. they make it to the conference championship this year, that's a massive success. Of course, maybe you can't beat Tom Brady and Jalen Hurts second year as a starter. Okay, Who the hell okay, can? Okay. Okay, if that okay, if that's what your success is, okay, I will give you that. I didn't know we were arguing that. I thought you, you were talking big, like they're you know thirteen wins can, in the regular season. That's but they haven't done it yet. You're talking like they've done it. They haven't done. They're three and zero. It's week three. The schedule is so easy, dude. I know it's so easy. I agree with you with that. But even you say some games you can win, some games you can lose. You never know. The injury bug could hit. You know, praying it doesn't. Knock on wood. You know. But it could happen. Um, Justin, do you have any more to say on Philly, or you guys want to jump to the Miami Dolphins? Uh, let's go to Miami. I'm high on Philly. <laughs> I'm high on Philly. Um, all right. So let's get into the my, my, my Miami Dolphins. John, I'm going to kick it to you. Pretender or contender? Dramatic pause. This is going to sound like a total cop-out answer, but they're directly in between. So for those of you that may have not known, I had the Dolphins missing the playoffs. Brandon, you had them missing the playoffs, right? Justin, did you have them making it? I think you did. I had them making it. So most people wanted to see the Dolphins prove it. What have they shown through three weeks? Mike McDaniel is a head coaching hire. And I, look, I get it's only been a couple. Of, we're not even through September yet. 
But I think every NFL fan that's watched the last couple of weeks should know between Dable and Mike, these are two phenomenal rookie head coaches. And with the work that he's done in pre-snap motions, really maximizing the skill set of Tyreek Hill, who, Brandon, you think is the best receiver in the whole league. And Jalen, yeah, he did. Do you not remember? Did you change your no, mind? no, I said Cooper. Cooper's the best receiver in the NFL. Oh, yeah, Tyreek. I said Tyreek is the most, like, explosive. Like, he's the most feared. All right, so you have it, too. And Jalen okay. Waddle is already entering the company of not just a high-end number two. He's already a top 15 receiver. Yeah. Mike Jacek, he can't he can't get any short, but he can do a lot as a receiver. And the defense as well, with the breakouts of a few big-time additions, held Josh Allen the Bills to 19 points, and he threw the ball over 60 freaking times. And, you know, the biggest advantage with this team that no one really talked about is their ability to play at home. Throughout all of NFL lore, we have talked about Miami, warm-weather team struggling in cold weather. They can't play in Green Bay, Kansas City in January. Those teams, they can't play in Miami. It's very unique at Hard Rock how the opposing team's sideline is not in the shade. It's directly in the sun where they're just getting absolutely blasted for four quarters. Dolphins are okay, in the okay, shade. Okay, 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 no, 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 because now i got to cut you off. So are you saying that they're going to win the division over the Bills? Because that's the only way they're getting a home game in the playoffs. Otherwise, they're going to Buffalo. They're going to Kansas City. They're going to Baltimore. They're going to those type of places where you, a Hawaii kid, <laughs> let's see what you really got. Let's see what you really got. The Dolphins, to me now, I'm adjusting. They're a playoff team over the Steelers, and they're a playoff team over many very safe options. They're hitting home runs early. And to beat Josh Allen in such a commanding way, Tua comes out of the game, you feel like you're not going to, coming in, the Bills are missing five of their defensive backs. But if you can take that game against a team that you couldn't beat last year, it speaks volumes to how much they've grown. And while I was never a fan of them moving on from Brian Flores, Mike McDaniel is an ace of a head coach. And in this league, the three things that matter most are head coach, quarterback, I'm higher on Tua now. I think he's top 20. And last but not least, the defense. I think the defense is the most underlooked thing. Look at the Buccaneers. My Adam number one. The Dolphins' defense is already one of the better ones in the league. And with the upside of many of their younger players, they can win games on that side of the ball as well. And that's excluding the best receiver tandem in the league. So, yeah, I think they can win this division by still a Buffalo taking it. Interesting. Okay, so, oh, Justin, you want to go? Go ahead. Yeah, so... You know, I'm still high on Buffalo. I think this is Buffalo's division. Uh, The next time Miami is playing them will be on December 18th, if I'm not mistaken, in Buffalo. So it should be a freezing cold day. But to touch on basically what you said about Philadelphia, we talk about battle-tested teams. This team went up against Bill Belichick and the Patriots in week one, Lamar Jackson and MVP in week two, and then Josh Allen and the Bills in week three. This team is completely battle-tested. They've had some tough games to start their season. They could have easily been 0-3 with the slate that they had to start start with. But instead, they're 3-0, huge win against Buffalo. It's hard not to be high on this Miami team. And I guess we're playing pretender as contenders, so I only have two options here. So I'm going to go contender for the simple fact that, yes, they are battle-tested. They have the offense to keep up with a Kansas City or a Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all of them. They can keep up. And and John touched on the defense. 
So if you have that offense that's able to explode and give you 30 points out of the blue, this is another team where I can look at and say, they, they probably have two number one receivers right there. Probably two of the fastest receivers in football at that. And speed kills, speed wins. Every team is looking for speed at this point. I remember just uh, maybe aside, this is stupid, but when I play Madden with my cousins, we always look to add players with speed. And no team has more of that than the Miami Dolphins. So two is playing well. Two is playing accurate. He's throwing the ball accurately. He's probably one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not, and that's not a stretch. He's probably the most, one of the most accurate in the league. And I would say, honestly, I feel like he's one of the more disrespected quarterbacks in the league because his first two years in the league. So I feel like I said league way too much, but um, (laughs) I feel like he's very disrespected. And as I've said before, when you give a quarterback and you invest in him and you give him a number one receiver, see what he'll do with it. Miami did just that. And Tua is playing. Wow. In the first week, it wasn't spectacular. Since then, he's doing enough to help his team win. And we already spoke about that week two game where he absolutely exploded. But he's he's playing winning football. How, how can you say this team is not a contender? If they just beat Buffalo... If any team has to go into Miami in the playoffs, that's trouble. And I, and, and I know the odds there are slim because Buffalo is just so good. Uh, but let me, throughout the season, this team's going to be tested. Uh, Justin, you're asking, and I shall answer. Because they are a pretender. Okay? And, yes, I know it sounds weird because I said the Eagles aren't are, are pretenders because of their uh, strength of the schedule. And the Dolphins have been battle tested, but I'm going to tell you why they're pretenders, in my opinion. But first, I'm going to tell you, like I said last week, I'm sold on Mike McDaniel now. Always been sold on Tyreek Hill. And I'm high on um, Jalen Waddle. Not high on Tua still. We saw the, the, um, the uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but we saw what I told you about before the season happened in week three against the Bills, the injuries. He got knocked on his ass, came up a little loopy. Still don't know if it was a concussion, if it was a back thing. Excuse me. Maybe we'll find out with these reports. Maybe we won't. Whatever. But like I said, he's a small quarterback. He's slight of frame. And it's going to happen. He, he's injury prone. When I look at this slate, I'll give them this. They do get some reprieves, right, late in the year where they're playing in Miami or they're going to uh, California late in the year. So this is to end their year, right? They got the 49ers, but they're going to San Francisco, so it's still going to be warm in, the, in, uh, in December. They got uh, the Chargers. They're going to be in L.A., in December, it's going to be warm, but then they come to Buffalo, like Justin said, um, in December, and that's going to be a tough game for uh, Tua. And then after that, they get the Packers, but the Packers are coming to Miami. Then they go to um, uh, New England in January, January 1st, New Year's Day. Even those uh, teams that I just named you, those are going to be tough outs, though. 
even even though they're getting reprieves, they're going to be in San Francisco. They're going to be in L.A. They're going to be in Buffalo. Green Bay is going to come to town. They're going in uh, New England. We'll see what New England is in January. But, you know, maybe probably Mac is probably healthy by then. You know, Patriots usually do uh, more well, uh, better in, in December. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not sold on this Dolphins team. I don't think they can win the division. I don't think it's just Buffalo. Uh, not division talk. Um, I think Cincinnati's out there, Kansas City, the Chargers, um, Baltimore. They're about There's to kick Cincinnati's ass tomorrow. Two of plays, I'm assuming. Sorry to cut you off. I have to say something. No, no. it's. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow, that game. Um, I'm kind of leaning toward Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati needs to start getting this resurgence going. And I think all it takes is one game to build some confidence. They built it last week against the uh, Jets, um, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm favoring uh, Cincinnati, but we can get into we'll get into that tomorrow. But yeah, for me, Miami, I'm I'm still not sold on it. So you're not sold on Tua? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I should say. I'm not sold on Tua, but I like. Yeah. What would it take? What would it take? Yeah. All right, so let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you both this: What do you think Tua's ceiling is? Pro Bowler, All Pro. Well, Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything. MVP. I mean, it really doesn't mean much. Uh, but but it's still a level. Like it's under an All Pro. He already it's is better a Pro Bowler. Start, He's better producing. than a starter. Tua, he can produce know. that top ten level. And let me tell you why. Do you believe in Mike McDaniel? Yeah. Okay. So if you believe in Mike McDaniel, how much do you think he can be an offensive guru? We're looking at San Francisco without him. They're not really doing too well on that side of the ball. Okay, but like then I throw to you this. San Francisco, I'm high on uh, Kyle Shanahan, but I was never sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. They were still okay, a good team. Okay. So we're getting somewhere. You're high on Kyle Shanahan, right? Yeah. You're high on Sean McVay, right? Yeah. What do those two guys do? They're offensive guys. Yep, and they went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think yeah. Tua is better than Jimmy G. I think they're similar players. And Tua's cut down some of those turnover-worthy plays. He had one this last week against the Bills, but Josh Allen had like three or four. So with that in mind, Jared Goff's, his I talked about it on Pick a Side. I was like, we've seen what Jared Goff is. Let me take this guy. We're doing a Would You Rather. And then Joel Dells checked me. He's like, dude, Jared Goff's upside, that was like a top seven quarterback in the league. That was, yeah, it was. With Todd Gurley as an MVP, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, he was a top – he was producing he like was. a top okay. seven Okay, if you want to say producing, but he was not a top seven quarterback, top ten in the league. And that is how you get the Pro Bowl All-Pro nods. That is the very thing. If Jared Goff's upside, his ceiling was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Tua, okay, let me ask oh, you yeah, this. So let me change the question. Level. Let me change the question. Let me clarify. Not produce. What do you think Tua will be – like, if I gave you a list of top ten quarterbacks or whatever, who, would you really take – Tua over those guys? If you ask me like he's right not, now, he's Tua reached, or Russell Wilson? I'm taking Russ all day. And if you take Tua, that's ridiculous. Like, what do you think Russ would do in this offense? It's a very good point. What do you think Tua would do in Denver? You think they would be two and one like Russ is right now? I I do not. They, they could. What do you think Russ would be? You think he'd still be three and oh? Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but is Denver winning because of I'm not Russell? saying that, but who's better? Russ or Tua? Russ is better Tua's than Tua. Tua's been better this year. 
much okay better. i don't all right because in of the, the totality offense, of it, because yes, of the russ offense he's in because of the offense he's in you take Tua out put russ in still producing at the same rate take russ out put Tua into denver they're not two and one and it's not just because russ is not producing at a high level it's because he's not going to he's not going to be the reason you win. And really the, the, the Broncos really haven't been like the really, I don't know if there's been a, I haven't watched many Denver Broncos games that any of the three have caught a little bit of some of them. I don't Lucky know if you. you guys can pinpoint. I don't know if you guys can pinpoint an exact reason of why Denver has won those games. I feel like they've lucked up the defense in both games, but even the defense has been, you know, the first half against Geno Smith, that that's just, that should never happen. To any defense. That's what Gino does. Ever. Dink and dunk you at home. Not 17 of 18 for 100 plus with a perfect passer rate. No. He would fit okay. perfectly on the Steelers with that. Oh my God. But seriously, like, would you got answer the question? If I take put Tua and put him in Denver, are they still two and one? And if I put Russ in Miami, are they still three and oh? I'll be honest with the way Russ has produced in these first three weeks. I think if you threw Tua in there, they'd still be two and one. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this then, because I, I want to attack that right right away. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Do you think? <laughs> do you think that it is Russell Wilson's fault that they haven't produced? Yeah. The way we thought. Some of his limitations. I will. It's a quarterback. Yeah, he. What? He hasn't been great. Uh, but just, do you, would you blame him or would you blame the offense? Hackett and the offense. Both of them. It's both. Both. But him, are you take put, putting blame on Russ? Yes. Yep. Partially him. Why? Because How? they can't. Okay, the defense, listen to this. Seahawks score 17 points and they lose. The Texans score nine points and they barely win. The 49ers score 10 points and they barely win. The other side of the ball is winning the games. Russell Wilson, he's in a new offense, brand new head coach, a new scheme. But Russ has shown, much like a Kyler Murray, bro, though he's won a Super Bowl, that Legion of Boom defense. The argument makes no sense why. because look at Tampa Bay. What about and Tampa? we still think Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That so it's Russ's limitations as a thrower in the red zone. He's, there's no limitations. What are his we style of play about? in terms of seeing the middle he of the on, field? He's, he holds on to the ball way too long, especially lately. And you know, it's starting to. This is the bad thing. I'm looking at the Broncos and I'm starting to question. You know, we go into the season about talking, glossing about their weapons: Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Uh, Javante Williams and I'm like not me now not three me. weeks in is it the weapons that's exactly or, didn't or, I just or is it or is it Russ and I'm like no that's what I'm saying you're blaming the wrong guy it's not Russ it's the offense it's both so you're telling me right now John and Justin if I put Russell Wilson in Miami they're not three and oh and Russ is not producing at a high level they probably are you want to know why because Mike McDaniel is a phenomenal young head coach Nathaniel Hackett but, but is not. The same putting the his same quarterback Russ, in the best. Russ loves the home run ball. Russ is big into the home run ball. He's Who's not he going to sit there and, and, and Jerry Judy. Throwing to. He's not that good. Okay. Okay. So we're going to avoid the bro, embarrassment bro, and move on. Bro, no, it's not. This segment is on the Dolphins. Even shit. So time out. Time let's out. Segue. Let's not time out. I want to talk about Tua because you've given him no respect, and that is what this is ultimately about. Tua has made some help. You're Amazing throws. Russell Wilson right now. Russell Wilson hasn't done shit in Denver. That's why I'm disrespecting Russell Wilson. It's three freaking games. He's got a coach that can't coast because he looks like he's lost on the sideline. His offense sucks. Jerry Judy keeps getting hurt. He drops passes. 
Cortland Sutton, okay, I don't think he's a number one. He's a good number two. Tim Patrick, he's out before the season even starts. The O-line is eh. Is it even a better situation than Seattle? Yeah, it's on Russ. Are we gonna... I don't tell you, that's his decision-making. That's what I'm saying, though. I understand that, and I, I did blame Russ. I said he made a mistake. He made a mistake. I don't really Denver care. is not good. Russell Wilson is still great, and if he had the weapons, he would show you. So Justin, and if he had at least a halfway decent head coach, he would show you. Ultimately, Tua has been better than Russ, and he's he deserves credit for some of the throws he's made. He has put some balls on absolute rope, and he has. You're gonna say he's made some throws to, throws to wide open teammates, yeah. But he's actually made those decisions. He has read the field. He has scanned the pocket and progressed through his reads. When it's easy for you at the end of the day, you just need to do your job. And he has excelled at that. When you come back from down 21 points in the fourth quarter, first team to ever do that in history, I believe. Can I ask you a question? Player. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that is true what you said. Can I ask you? Okay. Week two against Baltimore. Worst pass defense for the last 19 games. Worst. Absolute worst. A lot of the most yards. Week three, Buffalo, like you said. How many players in that defensive backfield were out? Trey White, Hoyer, and Hyde. I'm only talking about the big three dogs. Those three big dogs are gone. They're not there. The Dolphins are missing a couple of key throwing, players too. And he's th- okay, but we're talking about two and we're talking about the defense he's played. We're not talking about that. And then you see who he's throwing to. Tyreek is the most explosive player in NFL and possibly in NFL history, guys. The way he can stop and start on a dime is ridiculous. Jalen Waddle, speed. He, he only had 33 yards. I understand that. But, okay, then what did Tua do? Tua wasn't a big part of that. No, but that he played thing. smart football. And that's it. He was 13 of 18, 186, and a touchdown. Okay, so probably Tyreek wasn't a part of the game plan that much, maybe. I don't know. I'm not in the game plan's head. You got to ask Mike McDaniel that question. He wasn't the big contributor. Why they held Josh out? The defense was. Think about this. The defense allowed, what, 500-plus yards in that game? And I think the time of possession was absolutely insanely different. I don't have it in front of me. They only allowed 19 points, guys. 19 points. For you guys, we're calling Josh Allen. The MVP. You guys called Josh Allen, or the guy below me called Josh Allen, the best quarterback in the league. His worst game is 400 points. yards. I still stand by it. 19 points. 400. Worst game so far. 19 points. Do yards win you games or do points? Well, yards produ- or points? Production wins you the MVP trophy. That's why I had him winning. Is MVP what he's playing for? Is he playing for a Super Bowl? I said he's playing for both. Okay, you can say that, but which one does he want more? Super Bowl. Let me pee there. Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay, I bet you Tom Brady would throw away all three of his MVPs for one Super Bowl. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right, but that's not that's not the argument. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not now we're, we're, we're drifting. If there's any weakness with this Dolphins team, though, like you said, Brandon, it's running the football. Chase Edmonds in this game, three and a half yards to carry. Got two scores in the red zone, and Raheem most hurt, or most hurt uh, 11 yards on eight carries. A little bit like those 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cardinals last year when you can't run the ball at a high enough level, that's something that pops up in December. That's the limiting factor with the Dolphins. If that running game doesn't improve at the level you need to be in December. So, one more thing. One last more? three un- undefeated teams. 2021 yes. Cardinals started 7-0. and now. 
They finished the uh-huh. year four and eight and missed the play. They made the playoffs barely by skin their teeth. They got obliterated in their first playoff game. Twenty twenty Steelers started off eleven and zero. Let me tell you, they didn't end pretty. Five yeah. of the last six, yeah. they lost. And the twenty nineteen Patriots started the year eight and zero, and the season uh-huh. four of six, capped off by Tom Brady's last throw as a buck uh, as a, as a Tom Brady's last throw as a Patriot being a pick six. Um, he likes so. to rub salt in the wound, right? Didn't the Patriots beat you this season, though? They'll both be picking the top 15. Sell it down. The top 15, yeah. Okay. But um, to answer the question, the Dolphins are contenders. So, as you guys all know, we are now sponsored by BetStamp. And ultimately, for a new better like myself, you want to know what the market is. And in the world of sports betting, there are dozens of sports books out there. And it's confusing when you're jumping in for the first time. And even if you're an experienced uh, experienced in pro sports and betting. The issue is you want to save time and you want to save money. And with BetStamp, they're committed to making sure you can maximize your profits betting like a pro because you know the market. And that is the most important thing in anything. Yeah, do your homework to be a lead in anything. If you don't do your homework, you're leaving money on the table. And like I just said, with BetStamp, the more you look at it, the more you dive into all their odds. They have it into one simple platform for you to look. You don't have to download hundreds or not hundreds, dozens of sports books, just to realize you're not actually going to use this one. You just need to download the BetStamp app and use our referral code at WISEGUYS, that is W-I-S-E-G-U-Y-S, WISEGUYS. And one of the most useful things is you can track your bets all in one place as well. So if you want to, at the end of the year, know your exact profits, you want to throw into a Google Sheets or tax season, you don't have to go through seven different apps, which is a pain opening all those tabs. You simply have it in one spot for you. You can manually track them. And I'm a big fan. I'm really happy. I started using it about three months ago. And as somebody that's trying to learn about sports betting before I really dive into it, it's very useful. Yep. And another thing to mention, guys, possibly the best thing. It's free. It's free. Just download the app, create an account, use the code like John said, WISEGUYS, W-I-S-E-G-U-Y-S, WISEGUYS, and create an account and you're in and you're ready to go. You're ready to bet. Like you're the smartest man in the world, the smartest female in the world. Doesn't matter. So download the BetStamp app today. What are you doing? Let's go. What are you doing, guys? Don't be a dumb dumb. If you're gonna bet, you better bet with BetStamp. And your head. Bang bang. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So moving on to the next topic, we're gonna bring you the segment we teased a little bit in the beginning. Walk the plank, arg, mighty. That's my pirate. Sorry. I'm First a big fan of Jack Sparrow. And, yeah, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan. Well, I've worked on it for years. I could have done better. I, I should have done better. It's all right. Okay, so we're going to give you five teams. I'm going to name you five teams. I'm going to start one by one. And you're going to tell me, are you walking the plank on them or are you staying on ship? You're going down with the ship. So let's kick it off with the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin, are you walking the plank, Mike? No, not at all. I'm not walking the plank on the Chargers. And if you are, you're absolutely nuts. Just don't. It's too early. I get the concerns, the injuries, they happen. Some teams are just plagued with injuries, and I feel bad. This team has went from franchise quarterback to franchise quarterback, and all that happens is pain. Nothing but injuries surrounding these guys. So as much as it sucks, I do believe the tide is turning for the Chargers and that franchise. Justin Herbert is the guy. 
They have the receivers. They have the roster to do it. They just need to get healthy, healthy. You know, I think everybody just needs to be on the Tom Brady method because that guy's 45 years old, still rolling on the field. So somebody needs to be out. Alex Guerrero should be hired by maybe all 32 teams. Hell no, am I walking the plank? You know how much hate we give the Packers for winning just two super just two Super Bowls in 30 years of having two MVP quarterbacks? The Chargers have had two Hall of Fame talents. And how many playoff wins? How many times went to the Super Bowl? It is the most unbelievable thing. And like I said to you, Brandon, you had this as a top five team. Brandon Staley. Defense last week had 38 points hung up on them. No J.C. Jackson in that game. But here's the thing. You lose Rashawn Slater for the entire season at left tackle. And without him, what do we see? Justin Herbert, who's playing through the, the rib cartilage injury, constantly under duress. And this receiving core, without Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is their go-to man. He's not an elite-level separator. They're missing that as well. Man, let me tell you. Brand Staley is not only on the hot seat, the Chargers made a massive, and I mean massive, mistake not going out and getting a Brian Dable. Look at what he's doing now at the Giants. The Giants are at a good football team, and they have a better record than the Chargers. It speaks volumes to maximizing your talents, and he just simply hasn't. He has one more year. If they don't make the playoffs this year, you miss the playoffs both years with all this talent in this roster. I don't care if how many guys are in- injured. I know Joey Bosa is going to miss some time week to week as well. That dude can't be back. It's an absolute shame. I mean, Rashawn Slater last year was second-team All-Pro. It definitely hurts losing him, and offensive line's not going to be the same. But Herbert, guys, the top-five quarterback. How the yeah. hell are you going to miss the playoffs yeah. two straight years with him? He's producing at that level, and he makes the most unbelievable throws. He's Everybody can be top-five. Okay, let me tell you, John. Wait, John sounds like he's... That's he, what I'm saying. He sounds like he's trying to walk on the plank. So I'm going to do this favor for you, John. I'm walking the plank. I'm out. Done. Want to know why? A lot of the reasons Sean just said. Sean Slater, uh, sorry, I want to get his name. Rashawn Slater's out. Uh, Herbert's dealing with the rib cartilage. He's only playing football every week. It's not going to get better before it's going to get worse. Um, Keenan Allen has missed time. Joey Bosa's on IR. He underwent surgery, I believe. He'll be back, but how soon? J.C. Jackson, while he played last week, didn't look that good, didn't play this week, still up in the air. And the biggest concern I have for the Chargers, I said it before the season, I said they're a top-five team with the talent I see. My major concern was Brand Staley. And I'm disappointed in another Brandon. Like, get it together, man, all right? But you're not going to get it together because you're probably going to be out of a job, like John said, at the end of the year. I don't know. They're, when I say I'm walking the plank, I mean I'm walking the plank. They're not a top five team anymore, and they're not making a Super Bowl. I think I had them making the Super Bowl. If I did, I'm out on that. They're not making the Super Bowl. Um, let's hope they can make the playoffs. So I made two mistakes, a clerical error. I just saw now that Bosa is put on IR. The last time I checked, a couple of hours ago, it was week to week. So if you lose him for <laughs> at least a month, the year, they may, in this division, hell lose more games than they win and i made a mistake at the beginning i guess i am walking the plank i completely mis- misspoke if i'm out <laughs> on this team totally not right. in. they might miss yeah, the we're both out. I, I think they all right we're likely to them not next one one of justin's top five teams the indianapolis colts 
You walked in the plank, Justin? You know what? I'm not walking the plank on them. I, I'm I'm sending them to Davy Jones' locker. I'm just leaving. <laughs> I'm just leaving them there for a little bit. But I, I am happy they beat the Chiefs. And things like we like we mentioned before, we wouldn't have been surprised if they came out and beat them. They had the talent to do it, and it was just more so about putting it together. Matt Ryan, we we all said he's not the guy. Obviously, we don't think that this guy is going to lead them to a Super Bowl, but. Uh, Obviously, I still believe this division is theirs. And I think teams would be afraid to walk up against them in the playoffs. You just never know. This is a team that can actually surprise you. It's one of those, you know, they're probably not the scariest team, but you also wouldn't be surprised if they if they beat a team like a Baltimore Ravens or a Kansas City Chiefs, as long as they're not walking into Arrowhead, but which they likely will. Man. <laughs> I'm walking the plank. Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the most fascinating things in sports is those position groups or those parts of the game that you can evaluate with stats. The Colts offensive line, since it has Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Brand Smith, we view it as a top-tier offensive line, but it was it is nowhere near that level. And it wasn't last year, but I gave them the benefit of the doubt due to injuries and a myriad of circumstances. This year, it's shown again. Dude, you can have a good offensive line for two years, and that brand value will take you almost a decade. It's how Marquise Pouncey was making Pro Bowls well after his prime. The Colts' offensive line is an issue. It is not only overrated, it has taken multiple steps back. Jonathan Taylor, for as much of a workhorse as he was last year, this offense just lacks dynamicism outside of Michael Pittman. For as awesome as he is, there's no one else. And Matt Ryan, he just beat the, the, the Chiefs in that game by making the smart plays. In the ways that Carson Wentz would have gotten excited, tries to make a throw downfield, and misfires and kind of ruins the game for the Colts, Matt Ryan was just able to lead the offense and through pressure somehow. I mean, the amount of shenanigans it took the Colts to win that game was unbelievable. That's not happening again, especially at home as well. They didn't have Darius Leonard, but they were so so lucky to be Kansas City. If they just had Harrison Bucker, that game would have been over. The entire nine yards of Special teams mishaps is what happened just for the Colts to barely squeak out a victory. I'm so out on this team. I had to make in the playoffs convincingly. The Jaguars are a better football team right now than the Colts. It's just the reality. And you have to accept that at this point. Yeah. Um, so I think we should probably clarify what walk the plank means. Like, does it mean me. we're out on them as the playoffs? Or is it like, you know, no more Super Bowl aspirations or? The hype. The hype is the hype real base. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so with the Colts, I mean, I had them winning the division. I think there's still a chance. The Jaguars have looked good. Maybe Justin was more right than both of us, where I thought it might not be this year, but it would be next year where Trevor Lawrence took that real step. Looks like the whole team is taking this step forward now, and it's not a coincidence. Doug Peterson's in and Urban Meyer's gone. Um, But on the Colts, I mean, I picked them against the Chiefs. I, it's so hard. They're not making a Super Bowl. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're a scary team for any team to face because they play that brand of football you don't want to see. But I'm not high on them. So, yeah, I guess I'm walking the play. I'm out. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If there is one silver lining, like I say, 
three most important things, coach, defense, and quarterback. I think it's a B across the board for the Colts, and that defense could be an A, quite honestly, with the amount of upside it has. Their next five weeks, Jaguars, no, Broncos this week, then the Jaguars at home. Two very winnable games, Titans, Commanders, Patriots, Raiders. They can go four and two in that stretch, yeah. And now we're looking at them at 5-3-1, and one, which probably would put them at number one in the division. Now, yeah. after that, they had to play Philadelphia, Pittsburgh when TJ Watt's back, Dallas when Dak Prescott's back, the Vikings on in the middle of December, the Chargers when they're more healthy, hopefully, with Joey Bosa, and then the Giants. So that's a tough way to end the season. Yeah. All right. Next up, you're both high on it, so I'm going to kick it to John first with this one, the San Francisco 49ers. John, you walking the plank? I'm walking the plank. He's out. He's out. <laughs> He's leaving. Ban and ship. Yeah, did I say it the wrong way? I'm in. No, no. Oh, that means you're staying. Yeah, I'm staying. Doesn't that mean walking yeah. the plank? No, walking the plank is you're out. You're jumping You guys ship. confused me. I thought I said walking the plank in the charger segment. And you guys are like, wait, so you meant walking the plank. That's what Justin said. If you're staying on the ship, that means you're going down with the ship and you're with it. Yep. Uh, yeah. You walk the plank, you're out. Yeah, okay. So you're staying. You're staying. You're not jumping. You're not walking. Yeah, I'm not jumping. I think okay, it's hopeless staying. doing that okay. because Jimmy Garoppolo last week, this guy's coming off a season-ending – or not season-ending. He didn't have an off-season. They didn't even give him the playbook because they thought they were going to send him maybe to a place like Seattle. So with all the things going up against Jimmy, he looked pretty fine in his first start of the season. Ultimately, this team's going to have an elite running game, one of the top offenses – and when healthy, this could be the best offense in the entire NFC. And that is in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo being terrible last year in the playoffs. The defense is top tier. The coach is top tier. And that blueprint of winning, I talked about it with the, the Browns. The Browns are now 2-1, and one, and I think the 49ers very easily can still win this division. Now, can they win playoff games? Hell yeah. They were one simple Jaquiski tart dropped interception away from going to the Super Bowl. And when looking at each and every single one of Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy seasons, the dudes had the best winning percentage in the entire league. He's went to the Super Bowl nearly twice. This team, we know exactly what they are. They don't have the highest of upside, but hell yeah, they can make it to the Super Bowl this year. That's not out of the realm of possibility. We said that last year, and look what happened. So I'm not out on this team at all. You, you already know I'm not, I'm not walking the plank on the 49ers. I, I know we're talking games tomorrow, but I'm going to jump the gun and I'm just going to straight up say it. They're going to win on Monday night. They're going to win on Monday night against the Rams. We got a bet. I really... We got our bet. Yo, stop trying to make a bet with me. No, we already you got it, though. Some... We already got oh. a bet. I said okay, the Rams are going to sweep the 49ers. So get ready. No, you get, get ready. Because they catch the hell. He's about to come on the show, guys, dressed as a freaking banana. Nah, the he's next not going on a banana. So, no banana here. No <laughs> listen, banana here. I'm rolling with the Niners still. I'm going to ride this ship with the boys. I really think that it's just things are getting acclimated. Everybody's still meshing. It's the early, it's the beginning of the season. And John touched on any point that I could have when he mentioned Jimmy G not having an offseason. You can't do that to a quarterback. I understand you thought that he was, you're probably sending him to Seattle, but no. He's here now, so it's time to get these gears running. Another week under the under the books now, and you're going against the Rams. And for the most part, you've had their number. You've had their number for the majority of the game. I, I believe 
I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to say the number because I might be absolutely wrong, but they were on a pretty decent winning streak against the Rams for quite a while before that NFC title game. I think they pick up right before that loss and they start winning again. They got the Rams, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if they win all of those games. I'm rolling with the Niners still. Well, you know what? You guys can go down with the ship because I was already out and I'm still out, not coming back aboard. Uh, You're such a negative Nancy. I ain't no negative. Really I'm just the guy in the room is telling you what you don't want to hear. All right. <laughs> the play is um, devil's advocate. If they don't actually consistently get the ball to Kittle on those boys, they had two touches between Kittle, Debo, and Brand Ayuk in the second half of that Broncos game. There is going to be a problem in San Francisco because those guys are too talented to not have it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what else is a problem? When your insurance policy needs an insurance policy. And what I mean by that is when when Jimmy Garoppolo is your insurance policy, well, you need an insurance policy for him because he might get injured too. Who's to say? He how many times has he played a full season? Twice. Twice out of four available years. How long has he been years? in the NFL for? How long has he been in the NFL? Well, he's only been a starter for four years. That was when he was traded to San Fran. Yeah. Still a 50 50. So you're telling me it's a 50 50 shot. Um, I'm not riding with it. And even if he is there, I don't think he's going to do anything. I don't believe in them. I still believe the Rams are the better team. I believe in Matthew Stafford. I believe in Sean McVay and Cooper Cup. Um, watch out for that number 18 that they got. I saw a video recently before we came on here of Dan Orlovsky breaking them down and he how he might be an X factor for that team to really open up the offense more. Look at the uh, number 18. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one that can't boy, catch yeah. a pass. How did he do last week? Oh, well, he's a good blocker. Yeah. All right. I don't see that sustaining um, itself. Okay. Um, all I'm saying is it's kind of like the Miami Dolphins. I'm, I like the whole team. I'm sold on the whole team except for the quarterback. So, yeah, I, I'm not hopping. I was off the ship, so I'm not hopping back. Can the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, Jimmy? No. They can't? No. Why not? They're not getting They've done it once. Yeah, they did it once. Okay. They're not getting through the Rams. They're not getting through the Bucks, And they're not getting through the Packers. They're not getting through the Packers. I don't think so. When was the last time they lost the Packers in the playoffs? No, yeah, I agree with you, but I just don't think so. Just don't think so. The Packers are worse this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. No Devontae Adams. Still not sold on uh, it comes down to the quarterback. Well, Jimmy Pete's and I agree that Aaron Rodgers hasn't played well. So I'm I'm I know people are instantly gonna be like, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm saying I'm taking those top three teams over that team. Even in the playoffs, I believe Aaron Rodgers can beat a Jimmy Garoppolo-led San Francisco 49ers team. I believe that. Even though it hasn't happened and he hasn't looked good doing it, I still believe that Aaron Rodgers can do it. Sure, he can. A lot of things can happen. Yeah, a lot of things can happen. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers could have beaten the Patriots, but they didn't. You want know to be amazing, Justin? For somebody that hates Jimmy Garoppolo so much, wouldn't it be funny if this year in the playoffs he knocked out Tom Brady in his last year? But it wouldn't happen, bro. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. That would be, 
same. It wouldn't though. And Jimmy gets the last laugh after um not being named yeah. Tom's successor when we once thought he, he shouldn't have been. been. He shouldn't have been. Tom was right. He shouldn't have been. What has he done? If he was a Patriots quarterback, he would have been inconsistent. What has New England a done? Game manager, huh? What has New England done since then? They haven't done anything, but they still wouldn't have done anything more with Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. Jimmy and Mac are similar players. Jimmy's more injury prone, albeit I I understand Mac just got injured, so you know, but he hasn't been injured really before like that. I. Yeah. No, I'd take Max seven days Jimmy. a week over Jimmy, but Jimmy's accomplished far more. He has. He's only two years into his career, Mac Jones. You know, no, I'm talking well, about not even the Patriots since then, since trading him four years since. Yeah. But again, like I've said about that, Jimmy Garoppolo is like the fifth person you name on that San Francisco 49ers team before you even, not even team, just roster in general of reasons they made it to the Super Bowl. Like it went, I don't know what you would say. Kyle Shanahan probably number one, uh, the defense number two, uh, the receiving core or the weapons number three or whatever offensive line somewhere in there. Like you'd name a bunch of these things before you even get to Jimmy Garoppolo. I did make a mistake, by the way. The Patriots won in 2018, which was his second year at the team. He's been San Francisco now for seven years. Or this is his sixth year. Yeah, that's what game. I thought. I was like, this is, uh, yeah. But it's only uh, yeah, been four okay. seasons where he's been established with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, time. okay. All right. So let's go on to the next team, the Las Vegas Raiders. John, I sent I sent a video in the group chat. I don't know if Justin got to catch it of the uh, Dan Orlovsky breaking down Derek Carr. Uh, John was kind of being a. A little bit of an asshole, not responding to my direct message, like he usually does when you act him, ask him a direct question. He doesn't like to answer it directly. Um, I said, did you watch the video? And he just kept saying something else. So, John, I'm going to kick it to you. The Las Vegas Raiders, you walk on the plane? I already did. Already Hopefully did. there's life preserver because I, I jumped out basically before the season started. I never thought the Raiders were a playoff team. Brian, you talk about all the time the college quarterbacks. Oh, Alabama guys never succeed, or Ohio State guys don't at the highest level. When has a New England assistant actually panned out? Josh McDaniels is the same guy who, after feeling in Denver, had, what, seven years in New England? He gets hired by the Colts and then backs out last minute. It's alarming. I don't feel comfortable about that when he's going to a Raiders team that, let's be honest, the Raiders should have rebuilt. I love the approach of doubling down. We're going to be competitive. We're going to compete with the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. This is going to be an amazing arms race. And oh, what a missed opportunity it was. Say it again. Oh, what a missed opportunity. They honestly caught lightning in a bottle last year with Derek Carr. He is not a top 10 quarterback. He's not the guy who's going to carry you over to the top. In many ways, he's a flawed quarterback. And now you're going to have Josh McDaniels with the most complex offense in the entire league trying to implement his own style. You go out and get Devontae Adams. You go out and get Chandler Jones. What has Chandler Jones done? What is he, 34 years old with all that money you're paying? That defense outside of Max Crosby and Nate Hobbs? Oh my God, is it thin. The offensive line? Thin as day. The receiving core? There were boy Hollins went off for 164 against the Titans. That's really all he got, the weapons, quite frankly. And then a mid-tier quarterback, he's above average. Derek Carr is about the 13th or 14th best quarterback in the league. I mean, so far, Geno Smith had a better season than him. 
The Raiders well, John, should I just want to correct you before, like the, the weapons, they do have, you know, Devontae, Hunter, Hen- Renfro, yeah, that's the one thing Darren Waller, have, right? Josh Jacobs. Yeah. yeah. You said, you said after Hollins, they really don't have anything else, but they do have. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I think said I meant they, to after say Holland, yeah. they have maybe the best rec- weapons in the entire league. Okay, okay, between yeah, Waller, yeah, yeah. Renfro, and Adams, and then you have Hollins going off out of nowhere, and Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Sure, but like I said before, they should have recognized when it was time to pivot, and because they didn't pivot, they doubled down a team that is well below. They're mediocre at best, and in this division, they may be lucky to win seven games this season. And ultimately, I think they made the wrong coaching hire. I think Rich Rich Bisaccia should be their head coach right now. And McDaniels, as amazing an offensive coordinator as he has been, he hasn't shown he can lead men. And I don't think Derek Carr is a true franchise guy. He can be solved with him. He can have some good seasons. But in this division, he hasn't stacked up. Yeah. For me with the Raiders, I I was never on. So I'm like, John, I'm I'm, I'm swimming in the deep waters with him. I'm not getting back on. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with you. New England uh, uh, coordinators or assistants or whatever you want to call them have not panned out. The only one who has was an ex-player. He wasn't a coordinator or anything. That's Mike Vrabel. Uh, not a believer in Derek Carr. Uh, and if, if you get to watch this video, uh, um, you'll see Dan Olofsky breaking down a couple of clips of Derek Carr almost deliberately not looking at Devontae Adams, even though Devontae is in the best situation on the field, in more open field, open, nobody really near him, and he's just not even looking at him. And it's just really weird. And he said it happened like six or seven times throughout the game, and it's just – that's interesting to me because, you know, they talked about how close they are and whatever, and and it's just – it just some for some reason hasn't panned out. And I think Devontae is now – He's not regretting his decision because it was much, it was a headache. And well, that's what I'm saying though. Even though it was a headache in Green Bay, you were still winning. You were getting your numbers. Are you regretting that decision now? Listen, Josh McDaniels ain't John, John Gruden. Regardless of what, you know, not absolving John Gruden of what he did, you know, terrible thing to do. But in terms of coaching, he's a way better coach than Josh McDaniels. So, He's a better offensive guy. And even people forget Josh McDaniels towards the end, a lot of Patriots fans were saying his offense is becoming stale. Like it's not creative enough. And I kind of did agree with that because it was becoming stale. It was becoming more dink and dunk. Now it is because of the talent we put out in the field, but also as a coordinator, you're supposed to get these guys open. Nobody thought Cooper cup was going to be the guy, but he was able to be developed and created in into this insane receiver. Well, Josh, what are you doing? And you're not even getting your book. Like it's just, this whole thing is a mess. Uh, Yeah. Um, We all came into the season saying the AFC West is the best division in football and how quickly I've just not on the, the Raiders, Denver, not on it. And chargers. I'm out again. It's just the chiefs. It's always the chiefs. And I shouldn't have gotten kind of fooled with that because I know myself what the Chiefs are. They are this dynasty that's going to last for the next 10 to 15 years. As long as Mahomes stays healthy, as long as Andy Reid is there, the culture's there. It's just going to be the way it is. So I don't know. They're probably, yeah, go ahead, John. At the end of the day, three things in the NFL matter quarterback, coaching, and continuity. 
No, you said defense, but now you're changing it. Well, Spagnola, <laughs> as that Chiefs defensive coordinator, that represents continuity. You have one of the best <laughs> defensive minds there with some good talent. So yeah, that plays hand-in-hand hand with their defense because the Chiefs have, to me, the team I trust most in this division for their ability on both ends. And yeah, Chris Jones got to stop doing boneheaded decisions, oh, though. That was BS. I don't blame Chris Jones for that. Can you well, imagine just... getting the game-winning tackle? The game's over. And you say, so I don't know what he said to Matt Ryan, but clearly it was in the NFL, you should be able to trash talk a quarterback on a game winning sack. No, I agree with that. There's a, lot of, like for there's a lot of people that think that he said something to the ref. I don't think so. Because he looks at Ryan and looks off. I think the the NFL is just becoming too soft in some ways. That's ridiculous. I do agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I, I, I'll be the first one to say I hate the taunting rule. I think you're allowed. I think you should be allowed to trash talk. That is what, if you're competitive, you understand that trash talk is a part of being competitive. If you can't take it, get the hell out of the kitchen, as they say. All right. So I agree with that. But I don't think, I think refs really don't like to be the reason of an outcome of a game. So I have a hard time thinking that a ref is going to throw a flag just because he's trash talking just the quarterback in the game winning tackle, as you say. Yeah, but these refs have egos. They do. They do. A little bit of home cooking. <laughs> but Justin, you didn't got to say. So, are you? Yeah. Walking. Uh, this this sucks. You know, I, I I absolutely hate eating my words, man. I I really <laughs> do. But yo, know, I I gotta walk the plank. I, forget walking the plank. I'm throwing them off the damn boat. I'm not even letting them letting them walk. Jesus, man, like. I get it. These last these last three games, they've lost by six points or less. You know, just a couple of plays, just a couple of better decision making decisions, and this team might be three and zero. But I'm a big believer, and if you don't get off to a, a decent start, then your season is pretty much in the trash. And I, like you said, Brandon, what was the wild wild west? You know, you expected a ton of of guns blazing shootouts the the freaking broncos bring are bringing a, a water gun to the fight and the the raiders just they're running out of ammo they, they'll bring the gun but they, they don't have enough ammo to continue the fight so I, I i'm not high on the raiders i'm not looking forward at all to bronco broncos raiders this sunday um but it's it really I have my concerns on Josh McDaniels, as you said, John. This isn't Tom Brady anymore. And we haven't seen much out of the guy since Tom Brady left. There's nothing that dazzles. There's nothing that blows your mind. You had Cam Newton, and while granted Cam Newton was not the Cam of old, there was nothing flashy. There was nothing incredible that, you know, Patriots fans felt relief from. No, it was still, as Brandon said, stale. It is stale, and I, I I just can't ride this train anymore. It's been three weeks. I tried Raiders. I have a hat. I'll wear it just for style, but it won't be because I'm supporting you guys. Sorry. I just got to quote the great Marvin the Martian. There was supposed to be a kaboom, an earth-shattering kaboom. Where's the kaboom? There's no kaboom. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, just like you, I'm actually kind of, I'm, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Josh McDaniels in two years is back in New England as the offensive coordinator, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. And he shouldn't, he, he shouldn't be the guy that's groomed as the next head coach uh, for New England. Uh, that's, that's my boy, weird tongue, Steve Belichick. I think this is his last opportunity as a head coach. Oh, yeah. No, it's done. It's done. Yeah. yeah no. I mean, You're not getting another shot after this. They're playing the Chiefs this week. You start 0-4. I see no way of coming back. No, they have the Broncos this week. All right. I skipped a game. My apologies. So they have the Broncos and then the Chiefs. Okay. So two divisional games. So, all right. Next up, I think we're all going to be in alignment here. I think we can all hold hands and, and do it all together. Um Arizona Cardinals. Who the hell is on this? Who is on this? Get the hell off. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury? Is he on this? Or are the PFF people that have him ranked like the He's seventh paid to be coach? on there. Uh, I'm feeding them to the Loch Ness Monster, man. <laughs> Done. Forget about it. Now you can do about it. Done. All right. We don't have to spend any more time on that. Is Cliff Kingsbury like one of the three worst coaches in the NFL? He's a bad coach. I don't think he's one of the three worst, but he's not. He's below average. I will admit his job coach. working with Kyler is not as easy as it seems because Kyler, I talked about a little bit with Russ. They had those limited skill sets and those defining characteristics as quarterbacks because they're 5'10". They can't really see the entire field, and they struggle really processing the whole thing. They're really, like Justin said before, they're gamblers. They're going to take those shots down the field. And so Cliff has to build an offense around that. But even still, I mean – it befuddles me that he got a contract extension this last summer. And I don't know if there's really been ever coach that's gotten the extension and then been fired the following season. But if the Cardinals miss the playoffs this year, Cliff Kingsbury's gone, right? I don't know. The Arizona Cardinals could be stupid. He has to be. It's tough to say, uh, being what last season they started off 7 and 0, right? So. You look at their roster this season, and maybe as a GM, you see, oh, no D-hop. Our defense is retooling now. Uh, maybe we didn't give this guy enough. Maybe oh, that's man. how they look at it. I'll say this, excuse me, about Cliff Kingsbury. I think he'd be a better offensive coordinator or QB coach than he would be a head coach. Um, so one we're good last, there? One Moving last on? thing. Okay, go ahead. I think the biggest issue for the Cardinals is, and we'll, we'll determine that, that you need to find the replacement. You need to know ahead. The Giants moved off of Joe Judge because they knew Brian Dable, we like him. When the Dolphins moved off of Brian Flores, they seemed to have a plan on Mike McDaniel. Maybe. If the Cardinals used their brains and they moved off of Cliff Gainsbury right then and there knowing he's not the guy and they target one of those two, we'd be looking at this team in a completely different light. But now what's the best option out there? Is it Kellen Moore as an offensive guru? Uh, there's no options in the market. Eric the enemy? Yeah, I, there's no no one that's really going to – like Brian Dable, with what, the work that he did at Alabama and then Buffalo, he was an amazing option. And Mike McDaniel as well. His press conferences in and of itself spoke volumes to how exciting it would be. So, Whew. All right, moving on. Johnny Boy, give it to us. Your top five teams – in the NFL today, let's hear him. I'm waiting to hear this, Justin. So Floor is yours, my friend. Before the season started, I had the Buccaneers at number one, Chiefs at two, Bills at three, Packers at four, and the 49ers at five. 
And I'll admit I switched up my rankings big time for my initial one in July. Now, I have the Chiefs at number one. Yep. The Buffalo Bills at number two. The Philadelphia Eagles at three. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four. And the Miami Dolphins at number five. Some of the honorable mentions, the Packers, the right outside at number six, Ravens at seven. I talk about how much or how important coaching is. Rams at number eight, Vikings at nine, and the Niners at number 10, though they're only one and two. And the biggest fall off, by the way, I should mention, it's the Raiders. I have them at number 28 right now, but I think they can climb a little bit higher. This hasn't been a good um, Can you repeat that top five? Yep. Bills. Or sorry, the Chiefs at number one, Bills number two, Eagles at three, Bucks at four, Dolphins at five. I can't. I can't complain. I, I normally would have something to argue here, but I can't complain. I, I mean, I'd complain more about that top ten. I still don't see Minnesota as a a top tier team, but um, outside of that, in your top five, I, I really can't complain at all. Not one bit. I'm riding with you there, John. I can complain. Time out. I'm sorry, guys, to cut this. Aaron Judge just hit his 61st home run right now. Two-run shot in Toronto, tying Roger Maris for the most home runs in AL history. Tying him. An absolute mammoth shot. Video game numbers continue. I'm sorry. I've had this game on this whole time, and I couldn't couldn't shut up about this. Yeah, more exciting yeah. the Cardinals season. Um, but like I was oh, saying, I have, I have a, <laughs> I gave you a courteous laugh, John. Um, I have complaints. I cannot put the Philadelphia Eagles above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's just no way I can do that. I. I the better quarterbacks in, in Tampa Bay, the better defenses in Tampa Bay. When the offense gets healthy, they have a better offense. Coaching is, you know, I like both of them. I wouldn't really give any of them a major edge. Yeah, I, it, I just, I can't have them over Tampa. That, that makes no sense to me. That's reasonable. I think the Buccaneers' biggest strength is stopping the run, and that's what the Eagles do best. But with this healthy offensive line and – them having Jalen Hurts developing, the Eagles have many strengths as a team. And at the end of the day, I think in week 18, when Jalen has 15 more weeks of starting experience, and the Buccaneers, who knows? Can Julio stay healthy? I'm not sold on it. Chris Gowan, he's only been injured the last couple of years, and his upside is phenomenal, but he just hasn't put it all together with Brady thus far. And so if Mike Evans is your only guy, this Philadelphia secondary is massively improved, and it's one of the better defenses, one of the best in the NFL. I talk about all the time that front seven and a pretty good secondary. The Eagles can beat the, the Buccaneers in the past for sure, but right oh, now can't. this is really based off. Of, right now this is really based off of regular season rankings. Important for me to note that. I would say I, that. I would say that. Sorry, just I would say that Tampa's faced a level, a higher level of competition for their first three weeks, especially defensively. Um. Yeah, uh, and if you give me the Eagles defense, I show you the Cowboys, Saints, and Packers just on their same level, if not all of them better. Okay, so I'm going to touch on the Eagles and the Buccaneers, why I, I, I 
I really won't argue with John putting Eagles above them. That Tampa offense is not the same. I get it's not the same. And, and my biggest concern is, and, and I, I see you, Brandon, scoffing at it, but if they're not healthy, and like John said, if Mike Evans is really the only guy, there is no juice in this offense whatsoever. 12 points against the Packers. Okay, I get it. The Packers are have a very good defense, but they're not the 85 Bears. They couldn't do nothing. That game was awful. You know, you go into a game and you're like, you know, maybe I'm not old school and I don't like the old, you know, defensive front. I don't like those kind of games. I do love, I love points. I want to see points. Okay, so when I go into a game where I see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two of the greatest quarterbacks that I've ever seen in my entire life, I want to show. Yeah, but just, I didn't we, show. we talked now, about granted, that, though. We talked about that beforehand, that this was going to be a low-scoring game because of both teams' lack of offensive uh, wide receivers and both defenses being top five in the NFL with the Bucs probably being the best. And, and to, to your point that they didn't look good, that's all fine and dandy. What did Tom Brady do with the game on the line, driving 90, what, 89, 90 yards down the field after he couldn't do Jack Diddley squat the whole game, drove 90 yards down the field with a Russell Gage, a Cole Beasley who was on his couch last week, a Scotty Miller who can only run go routes and can't run any other routes. Okay, I get that. And we've seen that, but we've seen that from Brady before, so I'm not surprised by it. But I'm saying this offense is concerning. It's not. It's not. Once they get their guys What do you mean it's not? The offensive They scored 19 points in week one. 20. What defense defenses did they play, though? You're right. Where were their weapons? They didn't have their weapons. That's the point. They can't stay healthy, Brandon. The weapons can't can't stay healthy. Mike Evans is going to be there. Chris Godwin will be back. I can promise you that. He will be back. I'm not just saying that. He'll be back. Trust me. Julio, okay, that's fine. Trust He's going to be in and out. That's fine. He's going to be in and out. You know, Gronk's not coming out of retirement. I, it doesn't need Gronk. Tom Brady is going to be just fine. Did he not win a Super Bowl 13-3 to against the Los Angeles Rams? Did he not lose to Ryan Tannehill when he didn't have the weapons around him in New England? Yeah, he did. The defense also didn't show up, but... But see, that's my concern. Exactly what John said. If this is if this is the Bucks that we're getting, and now yes, it is week. It's week four. Hopefully, everybody comes back healthy and they can get everybody on the field because with them, maybe there's less cause for concern. But this this is concerning to me. At the moment, it is. Uh, I'm not seeing explosiveness whatsoever, and I get it. They're not on the field, so I guess I can't be too harsh. But this is at the moment, at the moment rankings. This isn't in week 17 yes. or week 16. No. This is through the first three weeks. Yes. Philadelphia has been the better team. Yeah, against weaker competition. But again, and I will say to John's point against that Tennessee uh, game, he's, with that lack of offense, guess what he still had a chance to do at the end of the game? Win. Drive down a game-winning touchdown. Yes, he, he threw the pick six, but he still had – yes, I agree. That's fine. What do you do against Green Bay? He came up short, but did he not defy all odds? You probably thought he was done in the water just like everybody else. I don't know why we keep disrespecting that man when he's done it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Probably kids gain up there in age. 
But it's not disrespectful. Did you see the of Russell Gage for the touchdown? I kid. That was a freaking dime. It was a very beautiful pass. And that all I'm saying is he had a chance to win the game. Win the game with top three receivers gone. Three of his offensive linemen gone. Had a chance to win the game. What was Green Bay missing? No Christian Watson? That's supposed to be their biggest they get back? in offense. Who'd they get back? They had Romeo Dobbs. Who... No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, Bakhtiari was back. Bakhtiari yeah. was back. Yeah. And the difference that makes that offensive line. Whose offensive weapons were better that game, Green Bay or Tampa's? Green Bay. Green Bay. It's really not yes. saying much. I'm not saying much, but it is better. Okay. And, and like I said, Brandon, this isn't disrespect or any slight towards Brady. It's not. It's just I think it's underrating him. I think you're overlooking him. I do think you guys are both doing that. I think you're I think overlooking you're... the way the league's headed. I'm not. I have the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. All right, then what the hell are we concerning about here? I mean, we're nitpicking uh, if, between if, three and four. If the weapons are not there for him, that's my concern. I feel like like John said, this is another New England versus Tennessee. Yeah. If the weapons aren't there for him. Yeah, I'm not concerned. Not concerned. All right, so John's top five teams. We reacted to it. Brandon had problems, like usual. Um, moving on to our next segment, brand new segment, coming from the big, smart brain of Justin Ray. We're going to call it Among Us. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to name you a, a, a quote-unquote franchise quarterback, and you're going to tell me, imposter, or not imposter. All right, let's start off with a guy we've talked about for the past couple of weeks, Tua Tonga Vailoa. Imposter or not imposter? I'm going. He's among us. He's, he, he's not. He's not an imposter. Not one bit. He's an imposter. Uh, we don't need to. I, I won't explain it too much because we have been talking about Tua ad nauseum, but Tua's legit number one. On his side, and he and he's looking pretty good. Tua is not an imposter. Not an imposter. Okay, next up. Oh, oh. Mac Jones. Not an imposter. He's safe. Wow. This safe. is. I won't lie. This one's actually pretty tough for me. There can only be one imposter here, though. Out of this group of five quarterbacks that we have, right? You got five on this list. No, but this one, this one is pretty tough for me for the simple fact that he doesn't have a number one, and I can't see his true potential. But oh, that's what we're okay, okay. I see what we're doing now. I thought we were just going. He's not an imposter. I thought we were going. Whoever we thinks an imposter is out. Okay, so only one out of this list that I got in front of me. I'll be honest. I have multiple though, so it's kind of deceiving my very thought process going into this. So you can have multiple technically. Yeah, you can have multiple. That's all right. Because there's okay, two I'm... guys in this list I'm out on. All right, with Mac Jones, I don't know if I can answer that yet without getting into a big spiel on my true feelings about Mac. Give us your spiel. You were talking about a pre-show. You're hyping it up. I was excited to hear it. Okay. So you guys obviously know my feelings on Mac Jones before the season started, his rookie season, because we – all went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and it was after we drafted him, and I told you guys my opinions on him. 
of, uh, you know, I don't believe in Alabama quarterback, you know, name me the Alabama quarterback that has succeeded in the NFL. Um, and when I looked at Mac Jones, obviously I saw the intangibles, right? I saw, a lot, and I don't like to do this, but I, I can't lie to you. I did see traits of Tom Brady in him. Not saying he is Tom Brady, but I saw similar traits that Brady has that he also has. What are some of the traits? Will... Sorry to cut you off. It's it's kind of stuff that you can't explain, like intangibles, you know, like the will, the leadership, the mind stuff, like basically stuff that's on the inside. Cerebral approach? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the quote that they say, like, you know, uh, during, I think, the Brady Six documentary, which if you haven't checked it out, it's like years old. Please go check it out. It's a beautiful story. Like the Brady Six is beautiful. Um, um, I, I, hold on one second. All right. So. Okay. So when I when. I lost my train of thought because my dad just walked out, Sarah. Sorry, can somebody remind me where I was? What I was just saying. How you couldn't compare Tom Brady and Mac Jones because Tom has something. Oh, yes, the quote, the quote, the quote, the quote. Okay. And if you haven't checked the Brady Six documentary out, please go check it out. It's it's dec- it's like a decade plus old, but it's, it's an awesome documentary on the Brady Six. The six quarterbacks taken before Tom Brady. And there's a quote in there. Um, I don't know who says it, but – it's kind of towards the end where in Tom Brady, you don't see it when you look at him, right? When you see that pre-draft, you know, stuff, the 40 and whatnot in the picture, and you just don't see it, right? You don't see greatest quarterback of all time. You don't see franchise quarterback. It, they said, like, I wish that there was a way where I could cut the person open and see what makes him tick and see what's inside and measure those things because that's what Tom Brady brings to the table. And that's why I'll always say Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, the best quarterback in the league. And if anybody says otherwise – you, you really don't understand what's going on on the field and what's going on inside here. You really don't get it. You're getting caught up in the numbers. You're getting caught up in the talent and stuff. And it's not about that. It's about winning. And Tom Brady does what it takes to win. Enough on the spiel. So it's that. like I tell you about that, the Brooklyn yes. Nets. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 um, <laughs> the intangibles with Mac, my feelings on Mac, I saw those things. But what I didn't see is he doesn't have the strongest arm. He is highly accurate. He does make good decisions. He's a better athlete than Tom, not saying much, but he is. He's not as big and as, you know, Tom's not a big guy. I mean, he is 6'4", 230-ish, you know, but he's not big of frame. Mac is a little bit smaller than him. I have a weird relationship with Mac because I just, I want to see it. I really do want to see it. And sometimes I might fake myself into seeing it, but I don't know if I really do see it. I don't know if I see a Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if I see a, uh, who's a higher ranked uh, Carson Wentz. Maybe a car. Yeah. I was thinking more of a game manager. Baker Mayfield. A little bit better. (laughs) Baker. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. Who's better? Um, Baker Mayfield or Mac Jones? If you're going to put a gun to my head and tell Nerf me who gun. I want as my serious. starting quarterback. Yeah. Huh? Nerf gun. Don't make it that serious. Okay. Okay. Sorry. But that, that's just the saying. You know what I mean? If you put a Nerf gun to my head and you basically say, pick a quarterback for your New England Patriots team, I'm, I want Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry, but I do. I think the intangibles are there. 
but I think Baker has better talent. And I think he can lead you there. With Mac, I just have reservations and I need to see it. I want to see it. I really do. I want to get into on these New England Patriots, my New England Patriots again. I do. But when I don't believe in the guy under center, and when I always say to you guys that the quarterback is the most important position on the field, and I don't trust him, and I want to see it, but I can't see it. Weren't you telling us two weeks ago that Matt could be a perennial pro bowler in this AFC? And that yeah, and that, that's exactly my point about, and that's what I'm saying when I want to see it. If you were listening to what I was saying, John, sometimes I do fake myself into thinking I'm do seeing it because I do think that's his highest ceiling. I do think that's his ceiling as a perennial pro bowl, maybe top seven where he's not gaudy numbers. Maybe he has one season here, his season here, like Brady with those great numbers, but really it's just about winning and putting up pretty good numbers. Did you see it with Mac Jones as a rookie? Yes or no? <laughs> that, that's the thing that I'm arguing with myself in my head. I, I'm having the argument literally while you asked me that question. My brain is arguing with itself saying, no, say yes, you did see it. No, say you didn't see it. I don't know yet because I just, and I forget who, who said this, it might've been a random TikTok video where the person said, it's better to just know that the person doesn't have it than to keep questioning yourself and saying, does he have it? Oh, he flashes here, but can he sustain it? It's better to just know that he's not the guy than to keep yourself on a string and say, oh, he might be the guy. And I feel like that's where I'm at with Mac. Go ahead, Justin. I know you want to say something. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you guys seen these uh, funny memes, these x-rays where uh, that you see a dog in the x-ray. Mm -hmm. I think I think Mac Jones has that dog in him. I really do. I do. I said the intangibles. I think yeah. it's there, but I just – maybe it's the offense. Maybe it's the offense. That, that's exactly maybe what I'm going to say. Offense. It could be. I feel like his ceiling is tapped with no true weapons on the outside. If you're not going to surround your quarterback, if you don't truly invest in him, you're never going to see what they actually can be. Now, it's different if – uh, this guy has a, a glutton of talent and he's just not executing with it. Sure. But this is a team that we have said, you know, their limitation will be their offense. But Justin, so, guess what just jumps into my mind when I said that argument, the argument mm -hmm. to come combat that. I know he's not Tom Brady, but look at Tom Brady early. I know the defense carried him, but he was still able to make the plays and he didn't have the gluttony of weapons. He got Dion branch. Like I, I think in either year, three or year two of his starting. And, and that's kind of like Max got a better offense than Tom did back then. I'm, I, I would probably argue it in terms of full equipped offense. That you see, but at, at the same, so what Tom had at that time is very far from what Mac has today. Yes. There isn't, you know, that top five defense. I, I yeah. don't believe the defense is top five in, in that elite. I don't believe the O-line is top five neither. So, I still believe that he he can be something special, but it's just a matter of if and when New England will truly invest into a quarterback. Because if they weren't doing it in Tom Brady's last year, there's really nothing in my brain that tells me that they're going to do it now with Mac. And that's that's the concerning part. I feel like us as a franchise, um, we're cause, causing more damage to our future than anything right now. 
I, I want, I, I really, really do want to believe in Mac Jones and I really want him to succeed. I just need to see what everybody else saw when Tom Brady was coming up. And again, I can keep comparing them, but they're both New England Patriots quarterbacks. He's not going to be Tom, but Tom made his money and his name and his legacy off of fourth quarter comeback, showing up when the money's on the line. It didn't matter who the hell he had on the field. He was going to drive down the field and he was either going to get you a field goal or he was going to get you a touchdown. It did not matter. I need to see that from Mac. Obviously, he's got the high ankle sprain. And we'll get into that later when we talk about the injury updates. But You're making it sound a little bit yeah. like you're expecting the next Tom Brady. No, I just keep comparing him to Tom because that's just the first thing that my mind goes to when I think of a high-level quarterback and what I think Matt can be, which is not a guy that's going to put up these Josh Allen numbers, these Patrick Mahomes numbers, four fifty, four seven touch, six touchdowns, or whatever the hell, you know, a hundred rushing yards. I think Matt can give you two fifty to three three hundred plus yards, three touchdowns, a very good QBR, a good completion percentage and win you the game at the end of the game, making the right throws, making the right reads. That's what Tom made his career on. Now, is he going to win six Super Bowls? Probably not, but. It's, it's, it's an unfair comparison, but I understand it because that's literally all we've known. Yeah. That's, that's the bar that was set. And unfortunately, you walked into a situation where the greatest quarterback of all time was there before you. It, it sucks. But. I think we need to temper our expectations, which we are. We don't expect him to be that way, but we also can't judge him based on, you know, Tom Brady's early successes because really you only see that kind of stuff once in a lifetime. That's not stuff yeah. you see every I want I want Mac Jones to kill any doubts I have in him. I really, truly do. I 100% want that. I'm not rooting against the kid. I'm rooting for him. He's my quarterback. Um, I New England Patriots and I'm behind him, but I will always be a realist. So I need him to go out when he's on the field and healthy to kill any thoughts that any doubts that I have in him. That's the only way where my realist brain will be like, okay, now you can fully immerse yourself and be like, this is the guy. That's what I need. So not an imposter yet. Not an imposter yet. Not an imposter. And by the way, it's okay if we actually compare him to his draft comparisons. Those weren't Tom Brady. The ceiling for him is like Matt Ryan. It's MVP. Yeah, see, that, 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 thank you. That's like a perfect like high end of what he can be. Um, all right. Sorry for the little spiel, but that was my Mac Jones spiel. Um, next up, Justin Fields. I'm calling him pause. I mean, he's not. Justin Fields is the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. Among starters, I shouldn't know. He hasn't completed double digits. taking Cooper Rush over him, John? I would take him over Cooper Rush because of his Ryan ability. Okay, okay. As a thrower, the Bears don't trust him, and it makes you say, maybe with this new regime coming in in the summer, they never actually had that full investment in Justin Fields, clearly, because they prioritized their secondary and their defense. How many teams do that today? When you have a quarterback you traded up to get the year before in the draft, who was at many points for the most part of the draft season, the number two overall prospect. As a thrower, he's so raw. 
And we saw with Justin, not Justin, we saw Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Those guys took the necessary steps in year two. As a passer, Justin Fields has not. And by the end of the season, we will have a definite answer of whether or not he's giving the Bears no choice but to draft a quarterback again in 2022. Or 2023, excuse me. It's not out of the realm of possibility if he struggles. They just don't trust him. I mean, it's as simple as that. They don't. If if you read me the quarterback numbers and told me that this team was two and one, I would have laughed at you. It's hard to believe they're not 0-3, but credits to the defense and the run game. Uh, Khalil Herbert went wild last week against the Texans, but I'm going to call imposter. We got an imposter, boys. <laughs> Justin Fields has been there's, – there's been flashes. Like there's – I remember he made one play last year where he just made a couple of guys look absolutely silly and, and ran for a touchdown. And that's the things that you love to see. He has the athletic ability. The talent is there. But it's more about, as I've said to you guys about Zach Wilson, do you have the IQ? Are you going to put in the work to get better? What are you doing in the offseason to improve upon? Like, as John said, you're throwing. How much better are you going to get? And quite frankly, I'm not seeing much improvement at all. I mean, the preseason's the preseason. And he looked nice there, but... The preseason is, is just that. Mitch Trubisky looked phenomenal. And let me address real quick. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter. So to read off those stats, Justin, through three games, I won, I will admit it was in crappy weather, 45 attempts, which is 15 on average, 23 completions through three games, 51% completion percentage, and 99 yards a game. Much like Jalen Hurts, it's not just as a, it's really not as a thrower of the football because he can make some tough throws on the on the on the run. It's really reading the field, scanning through your progressions, and kind of sticking to the pockets. What Jalen Hurts really struggled with in year two, and so many people are saying that's why I don't trust him. But Fields, I mean, he he can't even get over the threshold of ten completions a game right now. That's yeah. that's concerning. Really I will concerning. say this about I know I just said about Alabama quarterbacks. I still I think it's it's more Ohio State system that they run with quarterbacks. I just don't those guys just don't translate to the NFL. Like they, they're run first quarterbacks with big arms, but they're not that accurate. And in college football, everybody's wide open in the NFL. This is your window. Ohio this State's window. tough example. There's only, the only like high level quarterback prospects are Joe Burrow who left Dwayne Haskins who unfortunately passed away and yeah. Justin Fields. So well, it's, Cardell, it's a small sample. Cardell Jones. He was a six JT round pick. Barrett starting quarterback but they were starting quarterbacks is what i'm saying i mean aj mccarron we can use those guys for alabama as well yeah yeah cardell no, was a fourth rounder excuse me not yeah. not six hundred percent um but yeah uh next up john's boy davis mills you know he's an imposter i, I kept trying to tell you you don't want to listen to me he has a good yeah. arm but yeah, I mean, this is a pretty awesome team to tank with if you're the Texans. Amazing team to get the number one overall pick. Davis Mills is perfect for helping you get there. But he's not going to be a starting quarterback next year. So I got him as an imposter. He fooled all of you. He fooled so many people. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to the world. Last year, 
Everybody raved, oh, second best rookie quarterback behind Mac Jones. The guy's legit. The team isn't legit. The team isn't legit. The guy isn't legit. He's not a, he'd be a very good backup quarterback. Very good. Very good. I remember John hyping these boys up. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. Jalen yeah. Petrie, getting... Petrie and Damian getting... Pierce last week, man. It looked awesome. Yep. But so, you know what, guys? I'm going to say, what do you call a fake noodle? Fake noodle? A foodle? An imposter. Uh, imposter. That's exactly what it is. This guy over here. <laughs> hey, you're a funny guy, huh? You're a funny guy? <laughs> um, all right, next, last man up. Oh, boy. Jared Goff. Now, this is franchise quarterbacks, imposter, not starting caliber quarterback, which I think Jared Goff is. So if we're going franchise, he's an imposter. He's not the guy. We saw it. We saw it. You said it. His best days are behind him. He has been very good this year at the Lions. Very good. But... It's very clear he's a bridge quarterback and a great one. He's been pretty darn good with what they've given him. But is he top 20 at the position? No? Okay. You think he is? Okay. Uh, there's a lot of really, like, I have Baker and, and Mac, like, 16 and 17. I think I have Jared at number 21. Let me check real quick. Hit adjust him all my own. I, I, I can't, I don't want to come down hard on the guy because I actually believe in what Detroit is doing. Uh, I'm really a big fan of these lions. Like we've, we've uh, harped on MCDC. We love the guy. I, I guess I'm going to say the lions can win with him. I don't think he's a franchise guy. So I guess we could put him in the imposter list, uh, but I'm not trying to disrespect him because he is a starting caliber quarterback. And I think he's, the way that he started he, he started the season, he's on pace to have his best season since 2019. You know, the guy might throw over 4,000 yards. He might even throw 30 touchdowns this year. They have weapons, and we still haven't seen what this Lions team could be when Jameson Williams comes, in, comes back in the fold too. So I'm going to hold off on this. I do believe the Lions have a very high ceiling. They'll be very good. But – my question for you guys is, is there even another quarterback out there for the Lions? On the draft, draft probably. Draft. Is there? But is there anybody? That, I don't that, They're really going to enter the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud sweepstakes, and there's a couple of other guys that are going to come. This is a pretty good quarterback class. Is that what is one of them Ohio State? Yeah, CJ Stroud. Yeah, he's not going to. Okay. <laughs> so – so one no. thing I'm just gonna say is that the NFL, <laughs> yeah, Brandon just and Brandon, they got an Alabama quarterback too, Bryce Young. He's undersized, just like Tua. Yeah, but there's three yeah, starting Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL today. Yeah, there's okay. three. So uh, I'm just gonna say the NFL seems to be leading towards, well, teams in general are looking for more mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can move, and Jared Goff really doesn't have that. So it kind of leaves you that one-dimensional piece. He's not going to make the plays out of the pocket. While he can make the throw on the run, he's really he's not quick enough to make some plays with his legs. So, yeah, he's not really a franchise guy, but he's a very good placeholder. You want to know what's really weird? So huh. you look at the NFL draft, man. 2013, the 
top quarterbacks taken were EJ Manuel and Geno Smith. 2014. Just think about that for a second. 2014, or I'm thinking 2015 with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, according to Roger Goodell. Let me pull it up right now. 2014. 2014, okay. It was Blake Bortles, number three overall. That was the only quarterback taken until Teddy Bridgewater, number 32. Bear in mind, Derek Carr went in that very draft in the second round. 2015, Jameis goes, number one. Marcus Mariota, number two. Neither none of those guys I mentioned thus far are franchise quarterbacks. 2016, Jared Goff number one, Carson Wentz number two. Yep. Dak Prescott is in the draft in the fourth round. Yeah. 2017, Mitchell Trubisky the second overall pick. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. Chicago, what are you doing, guy? Figure it out. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was taken at number 10, and Deshaun Watson was taken at number 12. There you go. 2018. Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick, and it was a shock to everybody. Sam Darnold was taken goes. number three, the consensus number one overall pick. You know what, John? John, I don't know. Sorry to. I wanted to ask you, I've always wanted to ask you guys this question because you know we've had the Baker debates. All, all over because I'm the bigger guy here. Going into that draft, if you guys can delete all the information you know about all those quarterbacks heading into the draft. So basically go back to 2000, what was that, 18? Before the draft, put yourself in that mindset. Who did you guys, if you were the Cleveland Browns, who would you guys have taken with the number one overall pick? Baker. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a big fan of Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Those are my top two guys. Who would you have yeah, taken, though? For me, it was Baker and Josh. Baker and Josh? In that order. Okay. But number three was Lamar. I loved him so much because I watched his highlights and wanted the Steelers to take him, which, of course, we didn't. Okay. I might have taken – would I have taken Lamar for them? Because I felt like they needed a franchise-altering young talent. And Lamar had the most upside out of all those guys. Josh Allen second. I was like, you need to take a swing. I think for them, I would have taken Sam Darnold. You would have said, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people thought Sam Donald was going to come off the board first. Um, but real quick, one extend. So, obviously, Baker Mayfield okay. was number one, Sam Donald number three. Josh Allen at number seven, and Lamar Jackson at number 32. The draft is always a crapshoot, and at quarterback, it's the most impossible position to actually hit. And I think that Jared Goff was the first player selected in 2015 when all of these transcendent quarterback talents we look at now, tiers above him, just speaks volumes to how hard it is to draft and how much of an exact science that thing is. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers. Don't disrespect my oh, boy, yes. Alex. I'm not disrespecting Hard to get a three-time pro bowler. They made him a yeah. <laughs> And just like you said, Baker, dude, Alex helped turn around the 49ers and the Chiefs. He would have done the same with... He didn't Washington. turn around the 49ers. He didn't turn around the 49ers. He didn't? Harbaugh turned around the 49ers. They did together, as I say, quarterback and coach. No, he, no, they didn't. Without Harbaugh, it doesn't succeed. See Colin Kaepernick when he came in, they went to the Super Bowl. They did not need Alex Smith. John. Yeah, what happened Stop. after they traded Alex Smith to the Chiefs, who won more playoff games the next three, four years? 
Did they go to the Did they go to the Super Bowl? The year or Alex Colin? got a concussion and he missed, and he was the backup that year. And they traded him after. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, eventually, the San Francisco 49ers front office made a terrible decision and decided to fire John Harbaugh, which was just, just stupid. Or Jim, yeah. I, I always get them confused. Yes, John's in Baltimore. Remember that. This guy, yes. John. All right. This guy, John. My enemy. Um, all right. Next up, I guess we'll just hit it off with the with the major injury that I believe is the major injury uh, that we spoke about pre- a little bit. Uh, Mac Jones suffering a severe high ankle sprain in the game against Baltimore late in the fourth quarter. Uh, reports are all differing. One report said he might require surgery and miss a couple weeks and be put on IR. Now Bill Belichick is saying he's day to day. Apparently, Matt got looked at by the Patriots doctors, and they, you know, requ- said may require surgery and you're going to miss some time. And Mac decided he wanted a second opinion from, I believe, the foot doctor of the Brooklyn Nets, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who did Kevin Durant surgery and something like that. If I'm not mistaken, that's the doctor he went and uh, saw. That's crazy. Can only have TJ Warren, yeah. who hasn't played in a million years because of his foot. Yeah. Um, so, Justin, I'm going to kick it to you. What are your feelings on this injury, even though it's all a little cloudy right now? Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to really come up with an opinion on because you don't really know what exactly is going on. Uh, he's day-to-day. and At first, you thought the guy was missing a, a couple of weeks, and then now he's day-to-day. You just don't know. But I'm just going to assume the worst and say if he, if he is missing a couple of weeks, um, the offense that I felt wasn't explosive uh, gets even, even worse with Brian Hoyer under the full in the, under center. I mean, silver lining it is can't be Hoyer, dude. It just can't be him. It's, it's going to be Hoyer. Play Zappy? Yeah, you have to. Hoyer no, was so trash in that Chiefs game prime time in 2020. He, he's an assistant coach. He's not even a player at this point, dude. He's just not. I'm sorry to say, he's just not an NFL player. It has to be Zappy. You muted yourself. Yeah, out, out of disgust, it has to be Zappy. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be Hoyer. I'm listen. I, at this point, I really don't give a crap who's under center. If it's Zappy, then at least we see what we have in him. But um, we already know what we're getting from Hoyer. This is a massive disappointment. Uh, I, I started to believe a little bit more in the Patriots. And now with this injury, I just season's pretty much over. I feel like uh, I can't find any hope in it without Mac Jones under center. He was our best chance there. He was our he's our best offensive player in my eyes. And without him, quite frankly, this season is over and it really sucks. That's very disappointing. There's absolutely no the Calais Campbell falls in your foot like that into a high ankle sprain. I'm not a medical expert, but from my experience with ankle injuries, there's no way he's playing in Green Bay on Sunday. There just can't be. Yeah. And I want to say uh, two things. This is Brand's way of covering for Lamar Jackson, ripping up his defense. He doesn't have to mention it. He can focus on solely the quarterback. But you said Lamar Jackson, he wasn't going to look like the way he usually does. Well, Lamar Jackson right now, to me, is the front runner of MVP. So having his best season yet. And guess what? The, the Patriots couldn't stop him. Uh, and we must have saw a different game. Um, because what I saw was 
a Patriots team that you called offensively challenged, be in position to win the game down 26 to 31. Don't let the final score fool you 37 to 26. It was really 31 to 26. It was a five-point game. And Lamar Jackson at 325 and five TDs. Yeah. Ten rushes a carry. He got sacked four times. He got sacked four times. He got picked off. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Mac got picked off three times before he left. Yeah, two of them were yeah, the yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Um yeah, we fell apart towards the end. I mean, it was really the the break, the backbreaking one was after we, I believe, um, what did we do? We got a fumble. Yeah, we got a fumble recovery, and we were driving good. And then Mac throws it up, just super ill-advised and terrible throw to Devontae Parker, and it just gets picked off. And that was really the end. And then, and then guess what? We were able to force a punt. We got the ball back. And then uh, who fumbles? I forgot who fumbled the freaking football. Look, I'm just here to say the most disrespected player in the NBA is Trey. The most disrespected NBA player is Trey Young. The most disrespected NFL player is Lamar Jackson by a landslide. He's top six. I don't disrespect Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback. It's not even close Um, easily. This guy might win MVP yeah, a second I, straight I'm, time or a second I'm, time. I've never disrespected Lamar. I love Lamar Jackson. You're sleeping on him. Jackson you're saying he wasn't going to look like sleeping. the way he usually does. Because I was believing in my New England Patriots defense, and we were we were doing a very while he they scored 31 points. It wasn't an easy 31 points. We did pretty well in certain spots. We got stops when we needed to. Again, I allude to 31 to 26. We got the turnover. We were driving. There was a chance to score a touchdown and take the lead. Like, yes, he played good. Great. I'll give him great. He played great against a a Patriots defense. But the offense fell apart at the end of the game for New England. Like, it just completely fell apart. Interception, then a fumble. So, So where are you with the Mac Jones injury? With the Mac Jones injury... Here's my silver lining I was going to give to you, Justin. If he is out multiple weeks, our silver lining is our record will not be as good as previously thought by me. We get a high draft pick. We're going to be top five in cap space next year. And we're off to the freaking races, man. Top 15 pick. Top five yeah. in cap space next year. We're looking pretty damn well for next season. Yeah, that's the, the I'm with you. That that's really the only silver lining. You know, uh, I saw this. I can't believe this app is free. Sometimes looking at Twitter and and I just laugh. Somebody tweeted, "I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer." Somebody replied, "Me either." Can't imagine that being very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if that doesn't encapsulate what what's to come for for our patriots unfortunately with him under center that's that's all i can say listen you know yeah i'm I'm happy i mean we i knew i knew we weren't going to win a super bowl this year even i was not on that train i believe we made the playoffs but listen we've missed we, we we haven't been that good for the past what two years since brady left 
I'm fine with taking another year off to get better and be better for years to come with a high draft pick and top five cap space. I'm ready to rock and roll and go. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine us being at the bottom of the barrel with the Jets. It's just even with an injury that that just breaks my heart. Those damn Jets fans, they don't they get so hyped up with this Zach Wilson. It's just gonna fail. It's gonna be such a failure. And I'm gonna laugh at them again. Like, well, he might be—he might be coming back this week. I don't so. give a crap if he's coming back. You, he ain't the second coming of Jesus. All right, this guy's just—he's—he's he's okay. He's got a special arm. I've seen special talent before come and go so many times. Well, on the bright side, he has been medically cleared to go to Pittsburgh this Sunday. And he is so lucky TJ Watt's not playing this game because TJ was, I can assure you, they would not be playing him. TJ Watt is a quarterback's absolute nightmare. Burrow, whoever it may be, they hate it. But maybe they love it as competitors. I really hope your Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Jets. Dude, Joel, for really a side, for like seven months, he would go over this, the Jets' schedule and like ran up like nine, ten wins for them. And every single time he had them being the Steelers, I was like... Have fun in paradise. That's Jets fans, though. That's Jets fans for you. Even though they have been handed crap year after year, my guy, you haven't. Your team hasn't won a Super Bowl since 1968 or 69, if I believe. Might have been 67. It's the second, yeah. Joe, name it. Okay, that's all you got. You weren't even a goddamn thought in your parents' minds when they won a Super Bowl. Okay, the Jets are not good. They haven't been good. They had that little stretch with Rex Ryan and Darrell Revis, and you still didn't do anything because you had Mark Fumble Sanchez as your quarterback. And you want to know the alarming trend with the Jets that I, I can't get out of my head? You take Mark Sanchez, top of the draft, you throw him out there immediately. Do the same thing Geno Smith out of the second round. Again, Sam Darnold. And finally, with the most promising prospect to me and Zach Wilson, who went up and got number two overall, not giving these quarterbacks any chance to watch somebody else make the mistakes. Like, if he could have had Joe Flacco there to start last year and he wasn't just immediately handed the starting job, he would have been so much more prepared. So much more. When you give it to a rookie that's so inexperienced, that really only had one breakout year that got him to the NFL in college, Joe Burrow's almost a different story. Cause that was maybe the best college season he ever had of any player at the quarterback position in LSU. The Jets screwed that up big time, and I, I hope that Zach Wilson pans out for them. But ultimately this week, I think they're in for a long one against my Steelers. But speaking of injuries, I do want to cover real quick two of the biggest ones in football. Trent Williams, high ankle sprain in the third quarter versus the Broncos. He comes out of the game right after the backup left tackle comes in, and one series gives up two QB uh, quarterback pressures. That was Jalen Moore. So then the new starter for him is going to be Colton McKivitz. Trent Williams is maybe the best offensive lineman in all of football. He was last year by far. Losing him is an absolute, like he's the one that's really stabilizing that 49ers offensive line. He's just an absolute mauler in the run game and very amazing in pass protection as well. That is the one reason I'd be worried about the 49ers, but I think they'll find a way to continue winning games without him. Then the other one in, in the AFC North, Miles Garrett got into a terrible car accident. I think it was on Monday. And I woke up to it after a nap, and I, I didn't even believe it at first. The good news is it was a single-car accident. Apparently, there was an animal on the road. He tried to swerve to not hit it, 
and the car rolled over because of, like, the road conditions were wet and what have you. Uh, fortunately, he's all right, nothing life-threatening, and he's out of the hospital. It's mostly upper body issues with his biceps and shoulder. The crazy thing is, he's not out this Sunday. I hope he gets well soon. Um, the dude's an absolute killer on the on the field, and even as a Steeler fan, I have a lot of respect for what he can do. I'm uh, just you know, wishing him the best as well. hope he misses no time. And for the Browns, obviously, very scary. And uh, Yeah. Is that all we got to say on the episode, guys? Aaron Judge did not hit his 60-second home run. So <laughs> we'll have to wait another day for, to break the record. Break the record. John had the thing ready. All right. All right, all right, all right, everybody. I can't wait for tomorrow for us to preview week four of the NFL season. It's going to be a good one. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share the content, follow us on our socials, the uh, uh, the Wise Guys Pod ones, link in the description, our personal ones, link in the description. Um, go check out BetStamp. Use the code WISEGUYS. That's W-I-S-E-G-U. Just hit my glasses. G-U-Y-S, WISEGUYS. We'll be posting some updates for our picks of the week over there, so if you want to see them, be sure to check it out because we'll have them posted. Yes, 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 yes. That's a lot of yeses. Thank you, everybody. For... <laughs> That's enough yes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and following along with us. I have been Brandon Capazello. That was John Tortorelli. And he was Justin Ray. And we got two words for you, Justin. Stay classy. <laughs>